Head on over to RighteousFelon.com for all of your favorite beef jerky flavors. I recommend starting off with the whole shebang craft jerky bundle. The jerky is smoky and savory, spicy and sweet. All of your favorites, all in one variety pack. Use promo code OCSN in all lowercase to get 15% off at checkout. Don't miss this great opportunity. Go to RighteousFelon.com today. Good evening, hockey fans, and welcome to American Beauties, your home for AHL news, notes, talkers, and more. We're brought to you by the Old City Sports Network. My name is Dan Bradley. Alongside me tonight, the one and only Sam Wismer. Sam, how are you doing tonight, my friend? You know, we're here. It's Monday because I stupidly signed up for a Tuesday game. Yep, that's how it goes sometimes. But uh, we made the best of it because uh, it just so happens that uh, working Monday uh, into the schedule worked for our interview guest tonight. Uh, so we at American Beauties are thrilled to welcome Idaho Steelheads goaltender Josh Boyko to the show. Josh, welcome to American Beauties. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. Yeah, excited to have you on the, the Steelheads first place in the ECHL right now uh, in the middle of a solid playoff hunt. Should be a very fun end to the season there. So I uh, really appreciate you taking the time to uh, jump on with us tonight. No worries. Appreciate you guys having me. Let's uh, just kind of jump right into things. This has been, um, you know, your, your first season uh, out of college, and it's it's kind of been a whirlwind. You've had stops all over Maine, Peoria, Kalamazoo, Redding, Macon, and now uh, finally in Idaho. Uh, what has that experience been like for you, and does it feel like things have kind of finally started to settle down a little bit here? I mean, you try not to get too settled in any place just with how hockey is and how crazy it is. Um, but, I mean, you, you definitely make the most of, of every place you've been in. You make great friendships everywhere, and you just have fun with it. Um, I mean, like you said, I've kind of been everywhere so far this year, done a lot of driving. But every every spot's been, uh, been a lot of fun. Yeah, it seems like just kind of you, you get to see a little bit of, of everywhere, um, just kind of on a, a hockey side question of all of that um how does all of that kind of movement affect your your training as well especially you know this this being one of your first years really doing this professionally and um pretty early in your professional hockey journey i guess yeah no i mean um it's it's been interesting uh thankfully like i've, I've got a lot of people that support me really well and mentally do really well that way like you never like if something does happen or something changes, you're never upset. But no, it's been it's been good. It's been fun. <laughs> awesome. That's what Watch we're what we're hoping for. <laughs> yeah. I remember, I remember that from our, our interview in Reading. A lot of stretching. Yeah, a lot of stretching, a lot of travel. And yeah, I mean, foam roller has become my best friend this year. That and my massage gun. It's been it's 
it's been huge because like I said, like between the traveling, whether it's on the bus or whether I'm driving, you, you get pretty tight, especially if depending on where you play, like when I was in Macon, it's, it was very warm. So, I mean, if you, if you go from playing in a warm arena, you burn a lot more calories, sweat a lot quicker. So you, you definitely need to hydrate and stretch a, a lot more. You know, talking about like uh, being dehydrated, I told Bulch that uh, Mizey doesn't take a water bottle with him in that. And he literally said that kid is psychotic. I would die within five minutes. Yeah, honestly, that was probably one of the things I noticed very quickly when I was with Reading, when Mizey came down for his first weekend was in Wooster when I was there. And when he didn't have like, like, I'm used to taking a sip after every whistle and I mean, he just went through the entire period without, unless it was like a TV timeout, he was taking a, a sip of water. And I was like, I don't know how you're doing it. Cause for me, it's kind of a reset as well as just good to stay hydrated, but he, it works for him. So you can't, can't blame him. Are you a water in the water bottle or a Gatorade in the water bottle goaltender? Water in the water bottle, except for TV timeouts, then it's Gatorade. Gatorade for sure. I mean, actually, um, the guys in Reading, they, they put together actually this little salt uh, salt and Gatorade drink mm-hmm. for electrolytes and whatnot, and it's actually really good, but it's strong, like, in terms of, like, you can taste the salt. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was actually really, like, I, I found it to be quite helpful, especially my second game in Norfolk. I found it really warm in that rink. I think it was, like, being Canadian 22 outside, so it was fairly warm to walk around, like, shorts and a T-shirt. So probably high 70s for, for Americans. Mm-hmm. Um but uh, for me, I was like, if, if I didn't have that, I, I feel like I may have hit cramps at least once uh, in that game. Yeah, it, that just makes it unpredictable even more, you know, oh, in some yeah. cases it's, and I mean, you probably saw this at, at, you know, maybe juniors when you were playing where you'll get to a locker room and it's either like 90 degrees in that locker room or it's like zero. Oh, yeah. And just ice cold. <laughs> In that in that locker room, or or I guess you know thirty or uh, negative fifteen. <laughs> yeah. We'll go that way for Canadian. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Change the range a little bit there. One hundred percent. We all know I hate the cold. So. <laughs> I, I do live in an arena. Yeah. Thankfully, they're not as bad. Uh, Sam hates the math too, so we won't ask her to do the conversions for <laughs> Fahrenheit Celsius on the show. I don't want to look like an idiot. Thank you. <laughs> Well, Josh, we have a couple of uh, sponsorships that we have to to roll out here throughout the show. So uh, we're going to jump right in with our first one here. That's uh, Bright Path Brewing out of Jim Thorpe, PA, uh, with a focus on flavorful lagers, low ABV session beers, uh, and low, low AV, and low ABV session beers. My goodness. Uh, Bright Path Brewing brings cozy small town vibes in every pint. They're open Thursday through Monday, and they are dog friendly. Uh, so go check them out. Josh, do you have any pets at all dogs that you might bring to a brewery no but i wish i did i when when i was out in ohio we went to one that had that was dog friendly and the amount of people that had dogs there i was like oh this is this is kind of awesome yeah we're in ohio uh i was just outside of columbus okay uh, visiting a buddy so for fourth of july i was down there i was thinking if it was cincinnati i might have known it but uh, no I, <laughs> I, got, I got no shot um yeah, uh, Bright Path Brewing, they're the uh, official sponsor of American Beauties as well. They do uh, support the Old City Sports Network, but they're uh, specifically uh, with us for sure. Because they're 20 minutes from me. There That's you awesome. go. There you go. 
Josh, your final landing spot for the season is uh, with an Idaho club that's first place in the ECHL. What's the energy like in Boise and with the team right now? Uh, it's It's been a lot of fun. Um, I mean, we sell out every night, so you're roughly around, I think the rink holds 5,500, and it's loud. Um, I mean, we just had Orlando in uh, this past weekend, which which was a good contest for us. I know that they're they're fifth, I believe, in their division, but they're they're quite like they they honestly surprised me. I mean, just fit, having friends that play in that division, um, they like they kind of give me a uh, idea of what to expect. But they're just they work really hard. They're they got some offensive guys, and they definitely like to uh, to rough it up a little bit. So no, like our. Our team played well that weekend, but no, the buzz around the arena is awesome. The fan support's been great. Um, obviously, like there's some there's some records that we're chasing right now. We just broke the most season home wins record on sun, on Saturday night, which I believe now is 28 home wins on the season, and I think we still have at least six more at home. Um, so we're trying to we're going to try and break that one, obviously, or continue to break that one as well. And, Take hype that one up, and then I think the most wins in a season is fifty six, and we're at forty eight right now with twelve games remaining. So chasing that one as well. So I mean, um, obviously we we got we got some things on the horizon, but most importantly, we're just getting ready for the playoff run and just having some fun while we're doing it. I have to ask you about one that uh, the video that Sam shared with me. Uh, I think it was last week that uh, you sent that. I'm where, sorry, Josh. <laughs> you, you may already know where this is going. Yeah, the fish. Yeah, the fish. Um, where Sam, I, I think I you got, got the, the picture of the video here. You want to pull that up for us? Okay, so for those who who don't know, what's the story behind the uh, the fish costume there? So uh, the story behind the fish costume is um, before every game or on game day, um, our our guy Cam he comes down, he puts the fish suit on, does like. And brings one guy on, and we each predict someone that's going to score the first goal. And so in that game, I predicted that our defenseman uh, – or no, sorry, our forward, Jack Becker, was going to score, and he predicted that Wade Murphy was going to score. And because Wade Murphy scored, I have to wear the fish costume. But had I gotten it right, he would have had to wear it on TV. So um, he's been per- – he hasn't been perfect this year, but no one on the – on my side – has gotten it right. Only, only he has a new a couple times. So he had to put that on for video uh, during that day, and so that's a little snippet of of me wearing it during our video session. I'm just glad you don't have to wear it like during warm ups or something like that, though. <laughs> it'd be it'd be a mess to wear it during warm ups. That's for oh, sure. For sure. <laughs> when I saw that video, or when I saw something about it, I, I tagged you, and I was like. Yeah, you're lucky I don't have my camera. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, they, they they we have some fun here. And I mean that's one that's definitely one part of it. So no, it's uh like I said, it's been a lot of fun to be here and, and enjoying these guys on this run. 
Yeah, that's, that's part of the, the fun of hockey as well, just building the, the culture of a successful locker room and, and having fun with it along the way as well. 100%. Couldn't agree more. Uh, with Idaho, the, the whole system that they have from the NHL down to the ECHL, you know, uh, the, the Dallas Stars are a first-place club. You've got Texas, who is at the top of their division in the AHL and, and competing every night, and then Idaho kind of all the way through uh, what has really made the team and organization so strong, even with all the call-ups and being close to the end of the season, what, what have you seen from those organizations that really have kind of set them at the, the front of the pack? I think one of the biggest things, it, it all starts with coaching, right? Um, I mean, from the top down, it's been first class. Um, the organization treats us really well, whether like our, our both our head coach and assistant coach have been great. Our equipment guy is awesome. They just they go above and beyond. I mean, actually, it's kind of funny. Like, like when I say it starts with coaching, we had a guy come in this weekend. Um, Kuzme, I don't want to mispronounce his name. We call him Como. Um, he came in. He, he sits beside me now, and um, he was like, "It's such a breath of fresh air to hear such positivity from the coach." I mean, obviously, there's going to be stretches and games and during um, periods where you don't have a great, it, it, things just aren't going the way you want it to. Right. And um, after like a period where we didn't do too well, like you would expect most coaches to come in and kind of give you a little bit of a rip. And sometimes it's well-deserved, but our coach came in with, with positive energy and um, he, like, just, he's just like, I've, I'm not used to this. I'm used to getting yelled at. And um, it's just like, and I, I couldn't agree more. I think that, when you have people bringing positive vibes, even when things aren't going right or just trying to find the brighter side on, on a dark kind of moment, it's um, sometimes it's really needed. And so definitely starts there with the coaching, but then I think the locker room too, like everyone on our team gets along really well. Um, we all have the same goal in mind. No one's kind of wishing bad upon anybody. Like, I mean, obviously you hope that never happens. Um, but I know like not this year, but like in, in years past and places you, you hear horror stories of like, Oh, like, yeah, this, this guy's not playing. So he wishes this, or like he thinks this or and whatnot, but no, everyone's on the same page and wants everyone to succeed. So just the guys at uh, each, each level of the organization has, it's all, they're all pushing towards the same goal. And when guys get called up, like everyone's happy for them. Um, even when a guy gets sent down, like no one's like, Oh, like, Oh, this guy's back down or whatever. Like everyone's happy that, in a sense, like it's great that he's back for us, but we want him to be up and succeeding at that next level. So I think it's just, it's a combination of, like I said, the coaching staff, um, as well as just like the group of guys that we have in the locker room. Kind of on a similar vein to that, what in your mind is the difference between a good coach and a great coach? I think one of the things is one, they want to see you succeed. They want to put you in a situation to succeed. I mean, obviously they have a job to do, but they want like a good coach wants just a team to do well. A great coach wants a team to do well, but for you to do well as well. Um, obviously every team has its stars and whatnot, but when a coach is going out of his way to make sometimes your third and fourth line guys better or checking in on them to make sure like, okay, we're on the same page with this. Versus just taking care of your first and second line guys. I think that plays a huge role in um, the greatness of one, the coach and as well as the team. And I think that both between Sheener 
and Kelly, they do a really good job of making sure that everybody is getting better and it's not just a select few. Awesome. I, I, yeah, <laughs> that, that, I mean, just that's what I've seen as well is, is that it's, it's those attention to the, the details, the little things along the way that, um, you know, the, the person behind 100%. the game as well. Exactly. Uh, well, I want to talk about your game on Saturday where um, two goals that were let in kind of early, but then locked it down and carried the team to the win. Um, what changed after those first two goals? I was watching. <laughs> it wasn't, was probably, uh, so we had a, we had an autograph session on Saturday or yeah, Saturday after the game. And a couple of fans even said like, Oh, you made me quite nervous uh, in the first couple of minutes, but you really like, you really locked it down. So great job and great game. Um, Honestly, I think it was just like the first goal. I mean, obviously, I, I'm sure you guys kind of saw it. it was an absolute burger to the other team. Just not a, not exactly what we wanted. But, um, and then the second one's a good deflection um, by Orlando. I mean, coach has said it was offside as well. But obviously, at our level, we can't challenge an offside. So you kind of lose that battle on that one. But um, no, I think one thing that I said to my parents too, as well as like some of the guys, is just like, the support I had from both my teammates and the fans, even though we were down to nothing was awesome. Like it, it could have been very easy for everyone just to give up on me right then and there and been like, Oh, you know what? Like let's get, let's get the other guy goalie back in the net. Let's, let's try and figure things out here. But everyone kind of got behind me and, and I knew like it was, it happens like mistakes happen. And I knew that, okay, just settle down. Like can't get any worse. You're, you're over two so far. You haven't made a save yet. So make a save and let's get back on track here and went 28 for 28 after that and found my groove. So it, just going back to like what we work on every day and what you work on in the summer and you just wash it away. I mean, like we kind of talked about pre, like pre-show with, um, with my, not have any water or anything like that. I, after every whistle, it's a sip of water. And, and that's, that's the, that's the refresh button. You do that and you, you go, go to the next whistle, play the next whistle and just focus back up. So, um, no, I think I give a lot of credit to the fans as well as my teammates just for having my back and just kind of fighting through that with me. Sometimes that's all it takes is just the one hitting your yeah. pads and you, and you get it right back. 100%. Sometimes you just got to feel it and then you're, then you're good to go. So no, it was, it was good. It was, it was really nice. Yeah. I turned the game on and I was just like, Oh, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're not the only one. Don't worry. <laughs> We have another couple of sponsor reads we got to get to here, and I'll try not to trip over my words on these couple here. <laughs> uh, Hangman Brewing out of Claymont, Delaware, opened in 2020. Hangman Brewing is your spot for handcrafted ales with a specialty in hazy New England-style IPAs and milkshake IPAs. They're open Wednesday through Sunday, so stop in for a pint sometime. Also, check out RighteousFelon.com. You can use promo code OCSN. That'll get you 15% off your jerky bundles, meat snacks, and more. Um, they just released a, a new flavor, and I remember it this time. Uh, teriyaki Balboa is what that one's called. They usually name it after, uh, you know, celebrities or, or famous figures, and always come up with some sort of a, a clever pun in the title or whatever they've got. But um, so far, that's the only one of theirs I haven't tried. They've all been excellent. So um, gonna have to put in an order for that one here uh, next week. I'm headed out of town for a wedding this weekend, but when I get back. Have you, been, have you been liking the titles of my articles? I've been making them puns. Yep. 
the fan. I, I, I love a good pun. Hershey. <laughs> mm-hmm. I had to yeah. be like, yeah, there you go. We had, we had somebody else coming in here in the comments. This is former Tenny, 100%. Take the game in small bites. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Ryan, why don't you ask him about his skates? He he made me ask. I, I interviewed Nags on Friday night. Um, okay. First of all, man's an absolute beaut. Love the yeah. guy. Um, I asked him, like, I asked him the similar questions I asked you. I said, you know, what are some of your practice habits? No lie. The first thing he said was, it was stopping the puck. I was like, nah. Yeah. Bro, come on. Give me more than that. <laughs> it's true, though. Sometimes you just got to get hit by it. Doesn't matter how. Just just find a way to get in front of it. But he made me ask him um, what his his skates were cut at. So he's probably going to want to know what yours are. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, no, I'm, I hate getting my skate chairman, honestly. Um, I get mine done at five eights. Like, I think this is, I gave them to my, to our equipment guy today. I think this is the first time in over a month and a half I'm going to have them cut. I just, I, everything, like as consistent as you want it to be, unfortunately, not every machine and everything is as consistent as you like. So I try and hardly get them done as well as the fact that sometimes out of five eights, it's, it feels like I hadn't got them done. And then sometimes it feels like I'm pushing against a wall. So you're on the board scratching it against the plastic, trying to get back down to almost being dull. Um, but yeah, five eights is what I get done at. And here's our buddy Jack. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, no, 100%. And he said, I had my skate sharpened weird, half on the heel and toe, three quarters in the middle. I was a weirdo. Oh. <laughs> See, like that. Oh, Ryan. <laughs> See, like that would, that would get me. Like I would, I'd be like, what, what am I going on? Like, what's going on here? Like, I'm, I needed to almost be like, not even done. <laughs> 100%. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's all a matter of just personal preference too, right? Whatever you're comfortable with. Exactly. Hey, Josh, I want to ask you about uh, your time in Peoria. It wasn't super long, but that's uh, a place that's dear to me. It's, it's where I went to college and then I got my start doing some work with uh, the Peoria Mustangs and um, some NA3 work there. Do you have a, a favorite spot that you got to to go to when you were in Peoria at all? Um, when I was in Peoria, uh, favorite spot to be like you said, it wasn't wasn't a super long stay there, so didn't mm-hmm. get didn't get super comfortable. Um, but uh, they have a they have a Qdoba there right by the rink, mm-hmm. and I'm a big Doba guy. So, like, honestly, if there's a Doba and there's a Chipotle there, I'm going Doba. Um, What's your go-to order? On, so this is the thing. So when I was in Brookings um, in the NA, we had a deal with uh, Qdoba. So after every practice, I got free Doba. So my order changed almost every day because if I had the same meal mm. for that, it would have been nuts. But the quesadillas are really good there. Big quesadilla guy there. That's what I go with. Their their quesadillas are better than any other. They're bomb. Fast food place. And they're actually a good size. You're not getting ripped off. Yeah. That's the biggest thing is sometimes you get some of those and you're like, uh, I'm not getting my money's worth. No, you're getting your money's worth there. For sure. I had I had Moe's the other day and like the girl screwed up my tacos so bad. Like she wrapped them and like I opened them and it was just like sour cream all over the place. And I'm like, exactly no 100%. and that's what you don't experience at doba and that's why i will i'm an advocate for doba anywhere i go i will make that argument till. okay josh the only doba i have is about 30 minutes from me it's worth the trip 
And then uh, just another small world connection here too. Uh, a couple of your uh, your teammates with Aurora. Um, what do you remember about playing with uh, AJ Rupert and Nick Minerva? So AJ sat beside me in the locker room. So he was a goofball. Um, mm-hmm. AJ was funny. Uh, actually, once he stopped playing, he was playing some men's league hockey. Still at um, <sighs> what's the name of that rink? Um, at our home arena and so I'd, I'd hop on with him every now and then um he's a super nice guy i still keep in touch with him here and there and then uh minerva minerva's a big guy i mean he was he might be the strongest hockey player i've ever met in my life um he was just like he's massive and i mean you saw you, you can shoot the puck pretty hard too if he gets a one-timer off so um that was one thing i definitely remembered about minerva yeah my uh the team that I used to work with, the Minnesota Iron Rangers, uh, Rupert played with Minnesota for a little while and then went to Fort Francis, which is where he and Minerva were playing. And those two just killed us every <laughs> time that, that they play at Minerva consistent, like three point, four oh, yeah. point game type of guy. And exactly right. Like one of the strongest at, at the junior level, one of the strongest players I've ever seen. 100%. And he's not afraid to fight either. I mean, no. I know Rupert put out some good numbers in juniors too. But Minerva was not is not afraid to throw them down. That's for sure. Yeah, that. At any time I was looking at the score sheet, going, "Man, we got to play these guys again." Because that the, <laughs> the SIJ, that's a six team league, is is what it was at that yeah. point. And fifty, I think fifty six game schedule or something like that. So you're you're playing the same teams 10, 11 times a year. You know, it's it's bad blood. Oh yeah, a year too. And it's funny too because even I know that uh, Minerva was in Reading to start the season. He was at training camp at least. I don't know if he started the season with the Royals, but I know he was at least at training camp. And even when I got there, a bunch of the guys were like, guy is just huge. <laughs> like, he is just a strong human being. For sure. No doubt <laughs> about that. Uh, what was it like being named to uh, the ACHA, uh, the All-American uh, West second team goaltender while you were at Aurora? Josh, I did some digging. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, all good. No, that was uh, that was a huge honor. Um, I was the first player ever in AU history to become an All American, and then one of uh, one of our good one of my good buddies and good teammate uh, Braden Samson became the first player to ever be first team All American. Uh, two years later, a phenomenal defenseman. He's over in Sweden right now, or no, 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 not Sweden, France, France. Um, but yeah, like I said, that was a huge honor. I mean, when I was getting recruited to go to Aurora. Um, one thing that really drew my attention there was the game plan that both Jason Bloomingberg and Brian Dempsey uh, put together for me. Um, they're like, by your junior year, you're going to be or like, by your senior year, you're going to be an All-American. Um, you're going to be all NCHA team. You're going to be like, you're, we're going to accomplish this. This is what we see for you. And then like, we're going to get your pro deal somewhere. Um, so, I mean, we, we had things in place that we wanted to achieve and, Kind of did it a little, a little sooner than than we expected, doing it my junior year. Um, but that was a huge team thing. It wasn't just an, an individual honor. It was definitely a, a team honor as well, just because obviously I can't do my – like I can do as much as I can, but you rely on your teammates to help you out and make things easy for you. And there was some nights too where things may not have gone as smoothly if it wasn't for the guys in front of me. So, no, like that was, that was a huge honor for me and something I still hold – quite closely to me, but at the same time too, I give a lot of credit to my teammates. And you mentioned earlier as well, the, the good coaches and the great coaches having that attention to detail where they're caring about you as the player. What's it like to hear 
going in, you know, basically as, as a freshman or a first year guy and hearing the coach say, Hey, three years from now, we're going to turn you into an all American, but then actually seeing that come to fruition as well. And not just a, an empty promise along the way. Yeah. I mean, actually it's funny. So I get goosebumps. I like, just thinking about it. You're just like, all right, like you guys actually do like not only have an idea for me, but you guys have a plan in place and you obviously want to achieve, but when you have goals set up, it's a lot easier to achieve them than to just go in and say, okay, whatever happens, happens. Right. Um, so like even with the interview, right, like we, we have questions set up and it becomes a lot smoother than just being like, okay, let's, let's kind of see where it goes, see what happens. Um, but yeah, no, it was, it was super nice just to know that I had their, they had their support too, just before every game or whatever, like they always have my back and no, I'm, I'm very on, like very honored to be able to be, to go there and to have those guys support me and to, to push for me. Josh, when I ask about uh, your brother, Simon, who recently uh, had a stint in the coast, what advice did you give him when he was signed to the ATO? Um, honestly, just to go do his thing. I mean, my brother and I are really close. Uh, I talk with him every day um, and just kind of share ideas. He FaceTimed me the minute that I got to Maine and was like, what's it like? How are the guys? What's the situation? Like, what are you seeing? How does it feel? And I'm like, it's awesome, man. It's kind of it's your dream as well as mine. Like we want to play pro hockey and to actually be here and to now finally experiencing it to just have fun with it. And I like, obviously when I was with Reading, I actually got to play against Norfolk. I mean, when I was in Maine, we played against them, but I didn't actually get a game against them. Um, so playing there, I, I actually knew what the fans were like. We had um, one of the people we met to in um, Peoria, her family lives in the season ticket holders for Norfolk. So they said that they would help out, would help him any way they could as well. So I just said, you have a lot of support either way. Like you, we, we have friends that are in the coast as well. And I've gone through it. So he, any questions he kind of had, he had an idea of what to expect getting in there. But once he got that first one and funny enough to happen against Maine in Maine, like me, my first pro game being in Maine in Maine, I knew exactly what it was going to be like. I told him exactly what things would be like and what to expect. And, he did well. I mean, I think he was plus one or plus two his first game and he had a good couple opportunities and he just had fun with it. I mean, I know obviously his AT was up, but he had a really good time and he, and he did well. He showed well. The coach was happy with him, but obviously it's a business. And when you have guys come back from injuries and whatnot, unfortunately, some guys have to get let go. But um, no, he's excited. He's still got still a couple months left. So who knows, right? Absolutely. Uh, Josh, who was your first game against when you played in Maine? Yeah, let's uh, <laughs> we forget about that one. No, it was it was against Reading, go figure. And honestly, like like I said, my parents and I kind of laughed. My first thirty minutes against Reading was really good too. We were up two nothing. Things were going the right way, and then unfortunately, things kind of unfolded the way they did, and we lost. I think five three that night, which was tough. But at the same time, too, it was it was a great experience and. I mean, you learn a lot after every game and there was a lot to take forward. And then sure enough to go up against Newfoundland two weeks later or not even a week, maybe a week later, it was um, a nice jump to just get right back into the net. And you play in that division right now, the number one team. So get that one out of the way, get your first win and get your first shutout. And it's like, all right, let's go. Like we knew, we know what to expect now from this league and from these guys. So no, it was one that you look back on, you're a little disappointed you didn't get the win, but at the same time, too, there was a lot to take away from that game. 
Well, you've showed them. <laughs> and then I get to join them, which is funny. And then you had to deal with me. <laughs> <laughs> Never an issue. Be sure to check out uh, www.oldcitysports.com. Check out all the other podcasts, articles, and more. Um, launching new stuff constantly. Uh, Fan Lot is picking back up with baseball season just around the corner. Um, stay tuned if you're a, an Eagles fan for the, the draft coverage um, coming up. We've got uh, our big brother show, uh, Center Ice, who they're actually, they're probably just finishing up their, their live show right now. Um, so go check them out when you're, uh, you're done listening to this show. Um, and then, of course, OldCitySports.com and uh, check out all the other podcasts and articles there. Uh, this I segment. Just, oh, I, just wrote, I just wrote an article on Jalen Chatfield just saying and posted it. There you go. Sam's live. Go check that one out. Um, and then this next segment is brought to you by Neshaminy Creek Brewing. Visit www.neshaminycreekbrewing.com. Check out all their awesome beers, merch, and much more. Josh, I want to ask you, coming out of the pandemic where we had collegiate hockey players who were given an extra year of eligibility and that kind of, especially at the, the Division Three and ACHA D1, D3, um, has just kind of compressed everything so there's a, a really high level of talent with all of those players across those ranks right now um what how did you see that impacting play both at the collegiate level and at the professional level i mean the pandemic was crazy just like in terms of like i, I don't know if you guys had a chance but like to see what the portal looked like from the division one teams um as well as division three teams just guys were going everywhere it was the most ever um, in a in a like in a season going into the port, I think there was almost three hundred people in there trying to transfer from different schools and trying to go from place to place. Um, so honestly, D three hockey became really really good. Not that it wasn't good before, but now you're playing Asian college who has fourteen Division one players on it now. Who the season before were at a big D one school playing like decent minutes and and doing kind of well. And now they're playing D3 against us. And it's like, all right, now D3 has a, little, a lot more credibility because you have these guys in there and you're seeing it kind of pay off. At the same time, too, though, I think that now it's kind of the portals now kind of because of that kind of change things. Um, I know that if guys aren't doing well one season, like, okay, I'm going to go transfer now. Whereas like before you would have been like, oh, I'm going to I'm gonna sit back, like we'll wait another year or two, kind of see how things play out. But now guys are like, oh, not a good year. Okay, I'm going to go see if I can try somewhere else. And it's like it's kind of changed the way that people kind of go in now to school and kind of how they want to go about things. I mean, it was it's funny enough that you mentioned that because we were talking that about that today, me and a couple of the guys in the locker room. So I'm like how guys have – like some of the D1 season have just ended and the amount of guys that have already entered the transfer portal looking to go different places. And it's like – had that happened, had the pandemic never happened, I don't, I don't think you would have nearly seen the amount of guys that are willing to transfer now as, as they were before, as well as the fact that they changed how you go about things. Um, you used to have to redshirt a year if you transferred, but now it's just, okay, you can just hop right in and play. Um, so obviously that changed things as well as, for me, that was a reason why I decided to do a fifth year for pro hockey. Just like you said, like there was a huge log jam of, guys not being able to go play pro or 
the amount of pro guys that were already in a spot, but because of the pandemic, their team wasn't going to exist that year. So they had to go join places. Like, for example, I know um, Peoria didn't play during the pandemic. And the amount of guys that went and played for Pensacola that year, like Pensacola was a wagon. They were like, they had some serious talent on that team. And I mean, they wanted all that year. And I know a bunch of guys wanted to stay, but obviously because of money and whatnot, they decided to go back to, to Peoria and, um, and whatnot. But it, it made, it makes a huge difference now. Um, and it should be, it'll, it'll be interesting to see if they decide if the NCAA decides to go back to that, original rule of okay if you want to transfer that's fine but you're not going to sit out a year because you can't have you hopping around and jumping from school to school like it's one it's kind of unfair to the players already there like i mean you made your decision based upon what you were given and that's fair and i think that's right but at the same time too like a kid might have a good opportunity at a school because you decide not to go to that school but now things didn't work out at your school you're going back to that other school and now that other kid is kind of out of luck, unfortunately. Um, and I know that they've changed it, that you have to get the same amount of scholarship, if not more, to the school you're going to be going to for it to be eligible. Um, but in some cases, I just I don't think it's fair. Or I think it's right for, for certain guys. Do you think that's led to better competition in the SPHL, ECHL, worse competition? How do you think it's uh, impacted things there? I think it, I think it's done a little bit of both. Um, I think that the SP's definitely gone a little bit better because now you have more D1 guys um, playing uh, in the SP. And I think a lot of people also kind of look at the SP and, and don't give it the respect it deserves. Like there's some serious talent in the SP. Like there's some guys that can definitely play. Um, but at the same time too, like there's only a certain amount of spots and in, in the East coast and there's, and there's some serious talent there too. I mean, you see guys that you would typically think, oh, that guy deserves an AHL contract, but there unfortunately isn't enough to go around. So he's playing on the coast, but he's a very good hockey player. And I mean, you see also guys coming over from Europe and whatnot. So I think it's done a little bit of both. I think that it's made some places better, but at the same time to kind of stack some other teams. Going off of that, I asked Lappy because, you know, Charlie Gerard, he is, you know, an amazing player. Um, and I think he's on an AHL contract. But I asked Lappy, I was like, hey, I was like, why why isn't he here? He should be here. And he's like, I honestly don't have anywhere to put him. Yeah, no, like, I mean, <laughs> we always laughed. Like, uh, I would talk with Ghosh and Hoffer about that. And just been like, he, he doesn't deserve to be in the coast. I mean, you see the way that Charlie flies around out there. He's got a really good shot. He's probably one of the nicest people too, on and off the ice. Like, he, I don't, I don't know if, if Charlie's ever fought before, but um, Chucky's, Chucky's really good. And I mean, you would think too, looking at him, like that he should be in the AHL. But like we said, like there unfortunately isn't an opportunity um, for everybody, even if you are in a contract. I mean, we kind of said the same thing about Ghost, like. Ghosh is a very good player. Like he's a really good two-way player. Plays both PP and PK. He does a lot of things right. But again, if there's sometimes they don't want to bring you up either because you won't be able to play your style of game. Um, uh, I don't know if you know the name Dan uh, Marcel Gobel. He's in. It, it sounds familiar. He's in Peoria right now. Okay. Um, he put up sixty points last year in the SP and was like one of the best players on on Peoria and he was out in Allen to start the season 
And not that he didn't have a good time and enjoyed it, but he didn't really get to play the game that he plays in Allen. And that's a reason why he went back to Peoria because in Peoria, he can be that power play guy and play his spot on the power play. I mean, and Allen, he was playing the bumper position in the middle of the ice and that's not who Marcel is. And you can try and make someone play that position. And sometimes it works, but if a guy is known for his shot, playing that bumper position doesn't really give you the opportunity to play that um, spot. It's depending on how you're actually utilized and the way you kind of set up your power play. So, I mean, it's all about opportunity. And uh, in some places it, it's there in other places it's not. So I'm sorry, Dan. Go ahead. No. Question I asked Nags on Friday. Um, and I found out he, he didn't start out as a goalie. So did you always want to be a goalie? No, a funny story. I was a forward. My brother was a goalie. Um, and then at the age of six, we moved from Toronto to Mississauga. And that's where I met probably like one of my best friends. Um, and he was, his goalie had just quit that season and it was the very, very beginning, probably maybe November. And he was like, Hey, you ever, you ever played goalie before? I'm like, well, I played street hockey. I mean, it can't be that much different to play it on ice. Little did I know, <laughs> little, little did I know it'd be, it would turn into what it is today and how difficult it is. But no, I was a forward. I'd, I'd hop in that every now and then, but nothing too serious. My brother would be the one that in street hockey would throw the goalie pads on. I'd shoot on him. But then I would do it every now and then in the driveway. But yeah, no, it was was not my first plan, that's for sure. Well, if it gives you any comfort, Nag started out as a forward. Yeah, no, I mean it's it's funny how that <laughs> works. You go from wanting to score goals to okay, let's stop all the pucks. Like I don't want to get in with it, but now I am. <laughs> Last batch of sponsors we gotta get through here. Uh visit www.norsebeards.com, enter promo code OCS. That'll get you 25% off of your Norse Beards products. Uh, you can also go to Fanatics, check them out for all your NHL merchandise needs. Um, you can use our promo code, Sam. Do you know the link off the top of your head? If not, it'll be in the bio. Do I look like I know the link? <laughs> hey, it, sometimes you do, sometimes you don't. I'm never going to blame you for it. Worth a shot. Yeah. And then uh, this segment of American Beauties is brought to you by Sterling Pig Brewery out of Media PA. Um, so Josh, kind of want to talk about your your first season in the Coast. What was it like getting that call to Maine to begin the season? Honestly, it was definitely kind of like it's kind of cliche to say, but kind of a dream come true in a sense. Just because like you want to play pro hockey, and it's cool to one like get to play at this level. I mean, you get to represent in a sense sometimes too, like a for like an NHL organization. I mean, when we were in Reading, we wore the Philadelphia patch on one of our shoulders, and it's like. That's pretty sick. Like, that's pretty cool um, and to be a part of it. But, yeah, no, I mean, the whole growing up or, like, at least when I was at school, when I was talking with Dempsey and Bloomingbury, we, especially with Dempsey, we talked about this plus one. And it was, like, if you start off on the coast, your plus one is to the AHL. Um, if you start off in the AHL, your plus one is to the NHL. If you're in the SP, your plus one is the coast. So my goal was if I can get into the coast right away, my plus one could possibly be the HL. And whether that's just for a PTO to be there for two days and have a cup of coffee, that's more than okay with me. But at the same time too, if I get myself, if I can get myself solidified in the coast and make a name for myself, whether it's 
playing one place for the entire season or doing what I'm doing this year. Um, you want to make the most of every opportunity. So when Maine called me and they kind of gave me their spiel of, hey, like, we're going to bring you in. Like, we might have an opportunity for you here. Um, we'll see kind of what happens. We're looking for a third goalie right now. Obviously, they had uh, Brandon Bussey signed, who's absolutely killing it in the AHL. And then they had the goaltender of the year last year in um, Francois Broussard. Um, so you're walking with two really, really good goalies. And um, you're going to learn a lot. So I was like, yeah, you know what? Maybe I can make it out of camp. Maybe I can't. But I'm going to give it my best effort. And the coaches gave me a shot. And I did whatever I could to be there, whether it was staying on the ice longer with whatever guys were still there or doing talking with the coaches or talking with guys just to kind of pick their brains, see what they – like what I should be working on or what I should be expecting. Um, so when I got that call, it was, it was really, really nice. And just to be able to be here today is, is a true pleasure in itself. Yeah. I know Brandon Bussey's killing it in the A. <laughs> yeah. My team's side right now. Yeah, no, he's, 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 awesome. he's fabulous. He's a great goaltender. Yeah. And I mean, like I said to you, when we talked um, during that one interview, I mean, you look at the way those two play, both Bussy and Brassard, and they're just polar opposites. Like, like I said, Brassy reminds me a lot of Nagel and the fact that it's just so calm. Like, you wouldn't think that they're stressed whatsoever, been stressed ever in their life. Just it's, it looks like second nature to them. Puck hits them, puts exactly where they want to at their next spot. Bussy's a little more active. He makes those big highlight real saves. And not that Nags and Brassard don't do it either, but you see a little more frequently from Bussy just because of how aggressive and how kind of acrobatic he can be. And I would say my game's more like that as well. And you're making like a big glove save or you're making this slide kick save just because we either challenge a little bit more or we get sometimes out of position sometimes based on a previous save we try to make. So um, it's just you, you try and pick one or two things from those guys' game and, and model it after it. Jack just made a comment. Yeah, no, I thought he's yeah. – no, it's <laughs> true. I mean, it, it, it is the best way to look at things. And I know me and Jack talked about it as well on his podcast. As well, it's just like shooting texts back back and forth with him. Just I know where he's at right now, and I know, like he's just said, like coaches in the FP believe in him, and they think he's definitely there. It's just waiting for that opportunity. And in, at, at a point, he's going to get it. There's no doubt. It's just you hope that opportunity comes sooner than later. But at the same time, too, as long as you keep working – Guys are going to see that and they're going to call you up. So you just, you kind of do your thing and you wait to see what happens. What personally motivates you for that, that moment of, you know, I know I'm going to get my shot. I've just got to keep working until I get there. What, what is that motivation for you? Just knowing that you can do it. Just like once I got my first taste in that game against Reading in Maine, I was like, one, I'm like, I know I can play here. Like I, I can do this. Now I just, got to be more just a little bit more consistent in practice or just a little bit tidier like tidy things up a little bit in the game and you're just itching itching to get back in there and to do it again i mean right now especially with the team i got in front of me i mean adam shields having an unbelievable season as well as Remy poirier and i mean even jake kupski to start the year here i think he had seven wins and he had three shutouts in those wins um and you're just you want to continue to just get back in there and just help the team however you can as well as just you know that you you have a chance to win every night and you're just itching to just get back in there and, and do your thing is remy back 
Remy is not bad. He's still up in Texas. So, I mean, I know he's doing really well. I mean, I've talked with a few of the guys about it and just like, I mean, you look at highlights and whatnot, he's just, he's killing it there. And I know, I don't know what's going on with Scott Whitefoot. Yeah. Yeah. Not to mention Poirier's goalie fight too, as well. Yeah. Oh, so that was, so I played against Casey in Casey. Actually, that was a crazy day because Remy got called up earlier that week on like, I think it was Monday or Tuesday. And then we got, we flew from here to Colorado, I want to say. Yeah, to Colorado. And once we landed in Colorado, we flew to Kansas. And once we landed in Kansas, she got called up from Kansas. So we had to fly all the way to Texas. So that's why I got to start the first night on that Wednesday, I think it was, or no, on the Friday. And he back, and so she all backed up Friday night and we won our game. We looked at our phone and we hear Remy got in a fight and all the boys in the locker room went nuts. We're all watching it. Like all huddle up in the middle of the locker room, just cheering this kid on. Like it was unbelievable. Well, the thing is, is Mr. Man over here, Dan has a love affair with Askarov. Askarov's <laughs> good. He, he's, <laughs> he, I wanted him in Minnesota. I was hoping we were going to draft him, but then we ended up getting Volstead as well. So I'm I'm not complaining either way. I just like Ascaro's game a lot. No, I think I think Ascaro's like is he is he's crazy in that. Like I said, like he's one of those active boys again where you see a lot of like incredible saves. I mean, sometimes it's really impressive, and other times you're like, okay, just a little bit out of position. That's why you're making that save. But at the same time, too, like there's so much to like about his game, and I'm I'm really interested to see what Nashville does with Ascarov because of the fact that they just re-signed Lankinen for another year. Um, but at the same time, too, you guys have Gustafson right now in Minnesota, and he has been phenomenal as of late. So good this year. And that's and so like, that's where it becomes interesting as well. You got Flurry, then you have Gustafson, and then you have Wallstad in the A. And, and he was an all-star at the yeah. all-star break. I mean, I, I haven't seen Wallstad's numbers uh, since, but, I mean, he's been having a great season as well. So you're just – You've got guys in the pipeline. You're just like, when are they going to get their opportunity and and their luck in the NHL? Yeah, I think I think Wallstead's probably going to have one more year yeah. in the A just to kind of really because this is his first year in North America. Yeah, he's been in Sweden the whole way, so um, just one more year to really kind of get comfortable with it, and then by that point, Flurry is probably going to be ready to retire. Yeah, I would think that's probably the the plan there. I, Keeping I think- it with oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say, no, I think you're 100% right. And I think it's the same thing in, in Nashville with Askarov. I think he won't be there next year, but the year following, I think he'll, he'll be up there full-time with uh, UC Saros. Yeah, that's going to give us some great AHL content with those two going at it, battling in the net oh, yeah. over the next couple of years. <laughs> Wanted to ask you as well, with, with Fleury uh, kind of coming up lately with the uh, the spat with Bennington last week. I, I don't know if you got to see any of that. I'm sure you did. Oh, yeah. Um, have you been in any goalie fights at all? And what what would it take for you to get in one? I would love it's again. It's one of those things on the checklist. I mean, I I don't know if you've seen the the interview by Flurry, but he he says like there was three things on my checklist to score an NHL to score a goal and to fight a goalie. Um, and when he was in his draft year in the queue, he ended up getting in a fight, and I think he broke his wrist or he broke broke a finger. He broke something, and he said, okay, maybe not the fight, but then when they had him mic'd up during that little altercation with Bennington, he's like, mm-hmm. I want to fight him. I just got to get off my checklist. It's just one of those things. And you hear him saying, you're kind of laughing because you're like, 
yeah, I would, I would, I would do the same thing. If, if, if that's all happening, I mean, what Minnesota was up right at the time, I think they were up five, three. Yeah. They, they three. have been down three to one and then went up five, three and Bennington just snapped. Snap. And, and all, all, all I said was Benner, you let in five shots on, or you, you let in five goals on 15 shots. Yeah. Shut up. Yeah, Get back no. in there and shut up. <laughs> and that's exactly what Ryuz was saying. He's like, you just got scored on. What do you like? And I don't know if you saw it. Like, he's pumping up the crowd after that. And it's yeah. like, you, just, it's you just got scored on. Well, who are you trying to fire up right now? Like, what, what, are, what are we doing? Like, <laughs> I mean, I get it. But at the same time, too, like, <laughs> a little bit better than that. Like, I don't know. I, I would, if the opportunity presented itself, I, I'd probably do it. That's, that's kind of what I thought you might say. I, I didn't think... That, that was something that really was like, you know, I have to go fight the next game or anything like that. And especially yeah. not, you know, you can't be getting, you know, sent off or anything like that in the middle of the, the playoff hunt. Well, it's funny too. Like when I was down in Macon, we played Peoria and I, we were losing to Peoria, I think two, one or yeah, two, one. And I looked at Jack Beer at the other end and I kind of like shook my gloves or whatever. Like you want to like jokingly he looked at me mm-hmm. and like, he just like kind of shook his head and I was like, I'm I'm kidding, but like that would have been kind of funny as well if he if he tried to come out and been like, ah, you know what? We're here, let's do it. Let's get it off the checklist. Josh, there is a question for you. Go for it. Do you ever make a conscious thought about when to make a save versus blocking the puck, or is it all the same to you? Hopefully that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, um on actually on Friday, I actually had a moment where I was like, I made the f- first save on the back door but then there was a shot immediately afterwards and at that point i was just like just get in front of it like doesn't matter how you make this save just you need to make this save because you just made something you just made a great save but if the next one goes in then that doesn't even matter so find a way to just get your body in front of this one and there's moments too where you get more lucky than it is like a save i mean me and she'll kind of laugh about it like there was a save I made on Friday, and then he made a save on Saturday where you just put your body there, and if it hits you, great. And if it hits you, just laugh. You're like, I didn't see it, but I got in front of it, and I blocked it. So it's like, yeah, I made the save, but did I really make the save? Like, I didn't really try to. Like, I mean, I tried, but it wasn't, like, a subconscious effort to be like, oh, let me watch it in my blocker. Let me watch it in my chest. Like, just kind of hoping it hits you, so – yeah, there's definitely moments where it's just kind of a, a blocking situation versus making that easy save, if that makes sense. No, you explained that really well. <laughs> Brian, Brian, if you're out there, if it makes sense, let me know. <laughs> Josh, what would you say, since you've kind of got a, a bit more of a firsthand taste in this this year, the differences between the ECHL and the SPHL? We know, we know the standing difference in the league and the – um, just the, the number of teams, that kind of stuff. But um, what are some of the other differences that you see just organizationally along the way as well? So uh, organizationally, there's there's obviously more way more money in it just because you have NHL teams um, kind of pitching in a little bit too. Um, like thankfully here in Idaho, we fly everywhere except for two places where we bus. I mean, in Reading, we only flew one place, and that's in Newfoundland because it's would be – a horrible drive if I ever had to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so like that's 
I've heard the horrid stories about the bus. Yeah, it's it's not bad. It's just like if you're on the drive for 10 hours, you're just like, oh, my God, just get me in a bed. Um, so, like, that's one big thing. I think travel is, like, is a big difference between the coast and the SP. I mean, when I was in the SP, too, like, when we went to Peoria, it was, I want to say it was 13 hours on the bus that the trip was. Maybe it was a little bit more. But we had to stop halfway so the bus driver could sleep and get some rest. Mm-hmm. So after nine hours, you're like, so a trip that should take 13 is now taking 18 hours right. because of that stop. Um, mm-hmm. So you're like, oh, my God, like this just feels like it's dragging on forever. Um, and then I think the difference, too, between the SP and the East Coast is I think there's – you just have more skilled guys in the in the coast, like – like I said, you have guys on HL deals um, here in the coast that rightfully so don't believe, don't deserve to be here, but they just unfortunately have to be just because of what the team has up in the A or up in the N at the, at the current moment. Like we said, like, should I, should it, should Chucky really be in the coast? No. But for me, I get the opportunity to play against a guy that has that much skill. Um, so it's, I think that that's kind of the biggest is it's just like, the skill in the hockey sense, um, some guys are just so good within the patience and, and the luck they have. I know my first, well, my second weekend in Peoria, there was one play that I read and my coach said to me afterwards, he's like, you're thinking that everyone here has the same amount of skill as the guys in the coast and not everyone is as skilled. So you have to give yourself a little bit more respect and you can hold your edges just a touch longer because they may not be able to make that sauce pass back door that a guy in the coast could make no problem. Like I remember my first day at camp in, in Maine, I was like, I would hold thinking like, okay, like that pass isn't going to get across. It's right on his tape and it's in the back of the net. And you're like, oh, well, now I have to plan for that. Now I wasn't expecting that at all, but now that I'm here now I have to make an adjustment. And so where that may be, a 50 50 puck in the SP. So I think it's just kind of the skill and the hockey sense in is the, is the biggest difference between the SP and the coast. Cause you still got some real speed down there in the SP. And there's still a lot of guys that have good hockey sense, like I said, and that can play in this league, but it's just the consistency of it in the coast. That's that makes it that much better than the SP. We have kind of a fun question here. This is probably a good one to, to end on for tonight. What kind of bus guy are you? The sleeper, the talker, always having your earbuds in. Everybody has a type. Uh, so, Josh, what type of bus guy are you? Um, I feel like it changes depending. So, like, when I got to Macon, um, the guys love to play um, – what's it called? Uh, uh, Scaps? It's, it's, a, it's a card game. So, like, I would play, uh, I'd play cards with them for – basically eight hours and that, that kind of flew by, but then other nights it's headphones on and just block with the world and fall asleep. Um, so it just kind of depends. Also depends on too when you're traveling during the day, like if it's sunny out, throw a movie on or something like that. But if it's dark, probably sleeping. So I'd say either I'm, I'm a cards guy or I'm a sleeper guy. So I've been making my rounds on the team of doing interviews. Um, and I've been throwing a question in of, if you were on a deserted island, what is one teammate you would not take with you? Now, McFadden said he's not taking Hoff because Hoff would eat all the food. Facts. Shane Seller yeah. <laughs> is uh, saying he's not going to take Mike Chen because Mike Chen does not have any survival skills. 
Okay. Okay. <laughs> so you can do this with Idaho or any team you've been on. Who are you not taking with you? Okay. Nag, so Nag said he's not taking anybody. <laughs> Nag said he's not taking anybody. It's like anybody on <laughs> the team can do anything. Wow. With them. Shots fired. <laughs> um, so if I was still in Reading with the team that I was there with, because I know obviously I know things have changed with the trades and whatnot. A little bit. Um, I didn't want to get stuck on a deserted island with. Um, oh, you're struggling. Yeah, I'm trying to think like what would be like who who wouldn't be able to do something like I. I would, yeah, maybe you go back with Hoff, like, just, he's going to eat whatever, like, if you catch a fish, you know, that fish is not going to, it's gone, like, it's, or whatever you eat, like, he, like, he's, like, like, fats that he eats. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I'd probably go, I'd probably go with him. Yeah, Shane was, like, and he honestly thought about it, too, he took about 30 seconds, and he's, like, honestly, I'm going to have to go with Mike Chan, he's just, like, He's a really nice guy, and he comes off as a really smart person and knows a lot, but he's like, I don't know how well he would survive in the wild. <laughs> I was like. You know what? Probably. That's a, that's a, good, that's a good answer as well. <laughs> All right. I think that's probably a good place. I hope Mike never sees this. To <laughs> wrap up for tonight. Um, our guest goaltender, Josh Boyko. Josh, thank you so much for joining us tonight. It was a, a pleasure to have you on. No worries. Thanks again, guys. It was a lot of fun chatting about it with all you guys. So thank you. Yeah, thank you as well to our sponsors, Bright Path Brewing, Hangman Brewing, Righteous Felon, Neshaminy Creek, Norse Beards, Sterling Pig Fanatics, and the Old City Sports Network. Uh, that is it for tonight's episode. We're going to be off tomorrow night because Sam is going to have some uh, photography duties along the way here as well. So, you mean um, taking pictures of the backup? <laughs> yeah, yep, that, that tracks. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yes, we will uh, let you know when the next episode will be after that. Uh, so stay tuned to social media channels there. Uh, but that's it for tonight's episode. Thanks to everybody who joined and commented throughout the show. She's Sam. I'm Dan. Enjoy the rest of your night, everybody.